Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Team, we love you. Lauren, great job. You're amazing. Mr. and Mrs. Boomer, a dynamic duo. Drumus, all four of them are here today. I love it. It's brilliant. Who's met somebody new this morning they didn't know before they came in? Fantastic, fantastic. I love the church is just a, a community where you can just come in, meet someone, get on with them. You might be total polar opposites from where you've come from, where you're going, what your dreams and desires are, but the commonality is we love Jesus, we're here to worship Him, and life is good. Amen? The title of my message this morning is The Unusual Journey of Life in Christ. The Unusual Journey of of life in Christ. And really, living as a, as a Christian is pretty unusual. We, we won't always acknowledge it or say it, but really, it's pretty weird. It's good, but it's pretty weird. Like, I'm meant to be up here preaching right now, but for Anushi or a Beck to get up here and do what they did, because I'm in Christ, that's a little weird. For Beck to go to work as a trained professional, as a nurse, but to pray for someone because she felt God call her to and to see a miracle, that's unusual but awesome. Because God will use anybody. He will use all of us. It's not the qualified that he calls, it's the called that he qualifies. So when we step out like a nushi, I love that, warhead sucking. Living as a Christian is almost like warhead sucking. There are sour moments, there are moments that we grapple with, but then when you find your sweet spot, it all makes sense, it all works. Clarity comes and I can see clearly the road ahead. There was a really uh, unusual occurrence actually this week, I have to admit. Uh, We put on a boys' night and boys came. (laughs) (laughs) Miracles happened. It was awesome actually. Friday night we all went down to uh, Zachary's. Had a beer, had some pizza, ate some New York wings, which were very good. Nick, thank you. Nick makes New York wings, if you don't know. And uh, it was a great night. It was a great night just seeing the boys get together, hang out. We're doing life together. We're accountable to each other. We're strengthening each other. It was, it was really cool. So, all right, enough of that. Have you ever noticed that Jesus, whenever he taught or whenever he spoke, he spoke in parables? Some might say Riddles. And whatever he said could be understood, but it really had to be looked into at a deeper level to be really understood. And I was thinking, you know, this, this week about Christian living and about Jesus, and I thought that kingdom living really is like the greatest treasure hunt you've ever been on. It really is. It, there's, there's so much that God has for us in life, but it has to be searched for. We have to seek it out. We have to put some effort and some energy in. It doesn't just become apparent just because I'm a Christian, just because I came to church. Just God wants us to seek him. And the Bible says if we seek him, we'll find him. So if there's questions that are presenting themselves in life, perhaps there needs to be a search put on that we need to undertake to find the answers. God will bring the answers. God has the answers for us, but he wants us to seek them out. And there's so much for you in God 
if you search for it, you'll surface it, you'll find it, it will become evident and it will be good in your world. It says here in Matthew 13, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree. Birds come and make their nests in, it, in its branches. And Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast of a, a woman used in making bread. Even though she put in only a little yeast uh, in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowd. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. And this fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. There are things for you in God that have been hidden since the creation of the world that he wants you to seek out, that he wants you to look for so you can find. You know, that's unusual. It says here in, in Matthew 10, 39, why didn't he just say, do this? Just do this. This is, this is how it works. Do, why didn't he just do that? Because we're rebellious. We, I've sat in class and they've told me, you do it like this. But I didn't want to do it that way. So I didn't do it that way and I didn't understand. But when I had to go home and do extra homework, when I had to search, search a thing out, when I had to look deeper into why the thing was done that way, then I started to understand. You know, it says in Matthew 10, 39, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Wow. What? what? Jesus, just make this simple for me. Help me understand. He is. He's trying to help us understand at a deeper level. Why do I commit to a church? Why do I commit to God? Why do I walk in faith? Why do I? He wants you to go deeper so you can truly understand what he has for your life. And as I read that, I realize that the purpose of your life is hidden in Christ. And he wants you to seek it out and then he wants you to enjoy it. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Whatever things you ask for when you pray, believing you receive, you will have them, but you have to pray. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. But you have to ask. You have to seek. You have to knock. You have to search out. But before we really get into it, can I just, I, I like to Google things. Through the week I Google stuff and I research and I look at things. And can I just give you a few unusual life facts today? You may know them. You may not. Just, I just thought they were interesting. You're born with 300 bones, but by the time you're an adult, you'll only have 206. Hey. Eh? That's pretty impressive. The head fuses, bone. Anyway, 300, 206. It's impossible to sneeze with, sneeze with your eyes open. Try it. <laughs> Just look at the light. It's impossible. A fetus starts to develop fingertips at the age of eight weeks. That's probably more interesting than unusual, but that's a fetus in the womb forms fingertips at eight weeks old. That's cool. Um, polar bears can smell seals 20 miles away. I don't know how far humans, but... Seals, 20 miles away. A recent uh, study at Harvard has shown that eating chocolate can help you live longer. Less unusual, more awesome for Melissa. She's going to live to 150. <laughs> While you're awake, your brain generates between 10 and 23 watts of power, which is enough to power a light bulb. That's pretty cool. Just ticking away, cogs are turning, it's just creating energy. This is pretty gross, actually, but it's kind of unusual. <laughs> Humans shed 40 pounds of skin in their lifetime, completely replacing their outer skin every month. Ugh. Change your sheets, people. 
That's pretty gross. <laughs> I'm getting lighter, I'm shedding skin. So today, I just want to look at a few things that I'm sure most of us would think but rarely acknowledge about Christianity. Uh, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Everybody say, all things. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. That's a little unusual. What does that mean and what does that really look like? Because you're telling me I'm a new creation, but I feel the same. You're telling me that the old is gone and the new has come, but I'm still walking through the same situations I used to walk through. Okay. In John 3, starting in verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do the things that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said this to you. You must be born again. That's unusual. But good. And sometimes, you know, you know where it says in Isaiah that my ways aren't your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. But my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Sometimes we've got to get beyond natural thinking and understanding so we can step into... See, because this guy, he was a leader. He was a teacher. He was a theologian and he didn't understand it. Jesus was speaking but he didn't understand what was being said. Sometimes you come into church and things are said, but not necessarily understood. But what we need to do is let, the, let them transfer, you know, via the Spirit from our head to our heart. I use this scripture all the time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The way God progresses us in life is by sometimes just going to that faith zone where I said, God, I, I, can't, I don't understand intellectually, but I believe spiritually. I, I, I'm going to believe this until I understand it because I know you'll bring revelation to my heart as I, as I position myself. Would anybody agree that Christian living is a little unusual? Okay, good. Well, I'm, I'm kind of on the right track this morning. Now. It's unusual because it's countercultural. Living for Jesus pretty well flips on its head everything we've either ever been taught or modeled since a young age. The world says get, but God says give. So Nushi taking up an offering this morning in and of itself is unusual. But in God is natural, is, is his plan for our life. Is his, he, he says, if you'll do that, if you'll partner with me, if you'll walk that journey with me, it may be a little sour at first, but if you can, if you can get to that place where you may not understand, but you'll still agree then I can do something with that and I will show you and I will reveal to you because you're digging. Giving is digging. It's sowing seeds. It's, it's about God, I want to search out. I want to I I know what you've got as a meaning in the middle of this. Um, the world says if it feels good, do it, but God says live by principles and with integrity. So, so now I'm getting beyond fleshly desire. Now I'm getting beyond what I want and I'm going, okay, I'll submit my life. I'll, I'll find my life when I lay it down. 
I'll find who I truly am in you and who you created me to be as that new creation. Okay, God. Uh, the world says how I feel is most important, but God says how you make other, others feel is far more important. Two greatest commandments in the Bible. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I was reading this morning that actually says that if, if you don't love your neighbor, you can't love God. Then it says perfect love casts out all fear. Why don't we love? Because we fear. I fear I'm going to be hurt. I fear I'm going to be betrayed. I fear I'm going to be wrong. But, but God says perfect love casts out all fear. And I can love because he first loved me, not because I feel something. Is this helping anybody? You know, the Bible says, love those that hate you and do good to those who hurt you. Okay. Yeah, it actually says, if somebody slaps you on the face, give them the other cheek as well. That's countercultural. If somebody slaps you on the face, I want to give them one. Five-fold ministry. Bless them in the name of the laying on of hands. It's, it's not what the Bible means. It's all right. To navigate this journey well, we need to be able to reconcile ourselves with the fact that kingdom we're a part of is unusual you aren't going to understand everything keep journeying because it is a journey it is a journey with twists and turns and I don't know if you've ever driven at night and you're driving along a freeway and you can see it's a straight road but then there's some twists and there's some turns and you're doing the same speed limit and you're 110 k an hour whatever it is that you're doing but you feel in yourself I got to slow down because I don't know where this corner is going it's a corner that turns and then drops off and so and you can't see clearly the way ahead. Faith says they've put a, a street sign there that, that is telling me how fast I can safely drive. God is calling us, don't slow down, don't pull back, don't fear, don't get nervous, just keep walking with me. And I'm going to say something that you might look at me a little funny about, but not only is the kingdom unusual, the God we serve is unusual. God is unusual, Truly. Not only is he unusual, he does unusual things in unusual ways through unusual means. And you might be thinking, man, you're being irreverent or irreligious or whatever, but by definition, if something is unusual, it's simply different from the norm, the usual or the accepted. God is all of those. He sits outside of time and space. He hovered over the deep before there was anything and spoke and created. That's unusual I haven't done that I've tried when he was resurrected he presented himself in front of the disciples by walking through the wall that's unusual I haven't tried that let, let me show you when God wanted to speak to a man called Balaam to get his attention he used a donkey to speak that's unusual Numbers 22, then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, the donkey was a she, what have I done to you, I didn't mean anything by that, I just noticed she's a she, uh, what have I done to you that you have struck me these times? And Balaam said to the donkey, so now not, this is unusual, a donkey spoke to Balaam and then Balaam spoke back to the donkey. <laughs> I haven't done that before either. <laughs> because you have abused me, I wish there was a sword in my hand for now, I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. Okay, great. Um, to deliver his people from the Egyptian army, God split the sea. He didn't just strike the Egyptians down dead. He didn't just put them into a comatose state and say, you guys can walk out now. He, he led three million people from, from slavery into freedom by splitting the sea. 
That's like, all right, all right, guys, I want you to go over to New Zealand now. Just go to the water's edge. I'm going to split the waters. Just walk through on dry ground. That's unusual. Oh, well, I like it. <laughs> to heal a deaf man, he put his fingers in his ears. To heal a blind man, he made some mud. He spat on the ground, made some mud, and then put it on his eyes, and his eyes were opened. This is, this is in the Bible, all of this stuff. I find it fascinating. I love just reading the scriptures. Can I encourage you? To, to get a Bible reading program. Just start reading the Bible. Go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just start reading this stuff of what Jesus did when he walked the earth. It blows my mind. You know, during a funeral procession, he stopped the coffin and told the boy to rise up. I'm not in the, I'm not in the funerals. Just, just let's stand up. We're going to have a party. We won't worry about the wake. We'll just have a party. He just, he just told the boy to stand up. Why? Because he's unusual. He doesn't fit into societal norms. He's not bound by reason or intellect. He's God. And why am I telling you any of this? Why am I telling you all of this? God doesn't want you to live boxed in by societal norms. He doesn't want you living limited to what you know or what has been modeled to you. He wants you to live outside of the bounds of the normal and possible to enter into the realm of faith and the realm of the impossible. The Bible says with God, all things are possible. In other words, the situation you're facing can be overcome in an unusual manner because God is with you. And he, his spirit will go with you and empower you. At the end of a wedding, he turned 180 gallons of water into wine. At the end, not at the beginning, at the end. And the Bible describes it as being the best wine. That's unbelievable. That's heaven. God waited for three, oh, that was a joke. God waited for three Hebrew boys to be thrown into a fire so that they could be rescued. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he didn't rescue them before they went into the fire. He let them be thrown bound into the fire, and then he went into the fire with them. Can I, can I encourage you this morning? You may be walking through fire. You may be may, facing a flood. You may be challenged and, and the devil's coming at you from all sides. God is with you right in that moment. If you, can, if you can allow yourself to stay in a position of faith, believing though you may not understand that God is with you and that he's for you, he will be right there in that moment. God used a fish to get a man into his destiny. That's awesome. It's unusual, but it's awesome. He says to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go over to Nineveh and I want you to preach because I'm going to save this people. I'm going to see them turn around. I'm going to see them come alive for me. And, and Jonah goes in the direct, directly the opposite um, way. He knows that these guys in Nineveh, they're evil, they're wicked, they're, they, they, they do everything God says not to do. So he boards a ship to Tarshish. He's going in the directly the opposite direction that God wants him to go in. And they, they enter a storm. Long and the short of it is he gets thrown overboard, but God causes a great fish to eat him. Not eat him, swallow him. And he's in the belly of the fish for three days, and God spits him up on the shores of Nineveh. And he says, now do what I told you. God can get you to where you need to go. Can I encourage you? Don't run from him. Even if it seems unusual in the moment, let God use you how he wants to use you, and he'll achieve through you what he's purposed you for. Amen? It says in Jonah 1.17, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah 2.10, So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited, it spat Jonah onto dry land. That's awesome. God sent his son to die an excruciating death to redeem us. 
That's unusual. He is the God of all creation. But instead of wiping humanity out again and starting again, he sent his son. If you asked me to send Noah to save you, I would smile, I would shake your hand, and I'd politely decline. But God sent his son, his one and only son, his miraculous son, to die in our place that we could truly live. That's amazing. You know, uh, he walked on water because it looked like fun. Jesus walked on water. Why did he do that? He could have got in a boat. He could have just been transported from one side to the other and just appeared. But he, he walked on. Why did he do that? Can I encourage us this morning? Let's not get so religious, so bound up by theology, so bound up by doctrine, so bound up by whatever it is that we, we forget that God created us to have fun. He put us on this planet to truly live, to express ourselves through who we are. Who you are is okay. Who you are is who God created. Who you are is powerful because it's unique and it reflects his glory. And when we step out in who we are and what God's called us to do, we will achieve great things, unusual things, because he is backing us every step of the way. At 12 years of age, Jesus got lost, lost for three days, and he was found in church. That's unusual. I have a 12-year-old son. If Noah got lost, it wouldn't take three days. It would take me about 30 minutes. First, I'd look at first point. Secondly, I'd look at Little Cove. Third, I'd look at Nationals. And fourth, I'd look at Tea Tree. And somewhere along that line of, of the coast, I would find him in the water. He'd be surfing. And then the, he'd get out because he would be hungry and he'd want some food. But, but Jesus was found in the house of God. He was found in church. That was who he was and, and what he did. He made giraffes. That's a new, I've got some photos of giraffes. Benny? What is that? It's not a horse, you can't ride it. It's not a cow, you don't eat it. It's got a massive, why did he make that? Why did he create giraffes? That's unusual, but it's awesome. Not everything God creates, not everything God does has, like, has a designated, this is what it's for. This is the pragmatics and the practical nature of this. I created a, a giraffe for this. He just created it. He created the birds of the, the air, the fish of the sea, for his, his pleasure and his glory. We don't always fit into a box or a mold or a model. We don't always fit into societal norms, but God wants to use you. He created you for his pleasure and for his glory and for you to be expressive in your nature. Benny, have you got that video of an octopus? <laughs> I, 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 just had, I just had a good week. Known until it was Check spied. this out first by fishermen off the coast of Indonesia in the 1990s. It looked like an octopus, but it could morph its shape in an instant to appear as seemingly any animal around it. At first, no one had any idea what it was. The first time... How good is that? What is that for? I don't know. Kept... God wanted to. He wanted you. God says, the Bible says that you're made by God and for God. You are placed on this planet for his pleasure, to bring glory to his name. As you are today, as you find yourself, he's, he's perfect in his sight. And, uh, you know, there's a saying, and some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. You know, you know, for us to reach Noosa for Christ, for us to see people won into the kingdom, 
We have to be authentic. We have to be genuine. We have to be us reflecting God's glory in our nature. So to me, Beck Adamson looked like Christ this week, being herself, doing her job, not being religious. And, you know, and the Bible says it's just putting a hand on a woman's back and praying for her. And God moving through that simple act. That looks like Jesus Christ. That looks like that God wants to use you in unusual ways powerfully through who you are. Does that make sense? And I witness people all the time being, becoming so focused on religious activity that they lose sight of the fact that God wants them to live a big life, an abundant life, an unusual life that reaps much fruit for him. They get religious rather than getting active. They, 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 they position us rather than stepping out. The Bible says, go, go, all the time, go. Jesus sent them out, go. I want to encourage you this week, go. Go and be Jesus to every person you meet. Go and love on people. Go and be generous. Go and be a blessing where you're found just because you can. Because you're created and you're unusual. You really are. God doesn't want you same, same. He doesn't want you cookie cutter. He doesn't want you fitting some mold that's not you, locked into a a nine to five job that's killing you or trying to stretch yourself to pay a, a mortgage that you'll never pay back. God wants you enjoying the life that he's given you. Amen? You know, I, I just wrote, you're, you're original, unique, spirited, inspired. You're, you're outstanding. But God calls you unusual. And this might be annoying you this morning, but I'm just going to keep saying, God calls you. He literally, in the word, calls you unusual. Not usual, not the norm, not fitting into a box. It says here in 1 Peter, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light, who once was not the people of God, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You're unusual. You are a new creation in him. The old has gone, the new has come. There is a line that has been drawn in this. That's the old you, but now you're living in a new state, a new way empowered by the spirit of God. The King James Version says it like this, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. I love that. I have always thought of myself as peculiar. That you should, uh, fourth, you should, Shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You don't have to fit in and try and please people by doing what they want you to do or they think you should do. Be who you are. Be glorious and unusual. Oscar Wilde said this, be yourself, everybody else is already taken. Be yourself. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the life you've been given smile at life, smile at the day ahead, wake up and go, do you know what, today is going to be a fantastic today. Even if you know it's going to be challenging, even if you know it's going to be hard, because that will set the tone for your day. Before your feet hit the ground, thank you, Lord. Today is going to be amazing. I'm walking in victory. I'm blessed. I'm abundant. Let, get abundant in spirit before you're abundant in your circumstance. Get joyful in your spirit before you're joyful in your circumstance. Thessalonians says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to know what the will of God is for your life, rejoice always. He wants you in joy. Pray without ceasing. He wants to talk to you all the time. Does that mean I pray 24-7? No, it means that I attune my ear. When God speaks, I listen. When he asks something of me, I do it. 
give thanks. God wants us to be a thankful people. We're thankful about our circumstances. We're thankful about our life. We're thankful that we've been, you know, I've walked this earth for 40 years. Thank you, Lord. I've experienced many things. I've seen many things. I've got great memories of what I've walked through, tough and easy, good and bad. That's God's will for your life. The second thing is this, is God wants to use your life in unusual ways. You might be going, "Who, who, me? Yes, you. It's not about the qualified, it's about the called. It's not about what I know, it's about God, what, what God will reveal to me. You know, he used a shepherd boy who liked playing a harp to slay a 10-foot giant. He'll use you. He used a scared and insecure man to bring down armies, Gideon. He used a man who stuttered to free 3 million Israelites, Moses. He used fishermen, tax collectors, doctors and tent makers to start the church. God wants to use you. I, I, if it was... It's unusual, so maybe I should do it. I want to just come and grab you this morning and shake you and rattle your cage. Say, God wants to use you right where you are right now in the situation you find yourself. You've got a sphere of influence that I can't enter into. You've got people that will listen to you that won't listen to me. You've got a captive audience in your life, people that trust you, people who are, who are in relationship with you that want to hear what you have to say. Recent studies show that 83% of people, if invited to church, would come. People are searching, people are hungry, people are looking for answers in life, and we have them. They're unusual answers, but they're the answers they need because they're the God answers for their life. Amen? Amen. Come on, are we alive this morning? Help me out. It says here, Lozzie, do you want to come back up? I'm not going to get through this, so I'll cut some out. In John 16, 33, it says this, In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. We shouldn't be surprised that we walk through challenging situations. We shouldn't be surprised that there's an enemy that comes against us. We shouldn't be surprised that we walk through tough times. But what God is saying is here, take heart, I've overcome the world. Take heart, I'm in the middle of this situation with you. Take heart, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm here right now and I'll keep walking with you through this. God can and will work to fix his power through your life. Your, your life is like a professional wrestling match. It's fixed. You win. There is victory that's assured. It doesn't matter. You, you're going to get knocked down. But like a professional wrestling, you will get back up and you will be crowned the victor. You will be crowned victorious. You will, because that is what God promises for your life. That is what God says you can have and what you can walk into. But it's not for you. It's for everybody else that you come in contact with. You're an overcomer to lead others into overcoming. You're a victor to lead others into victory. God has caused you to have a spirit that is unstoppable because he wants you to put that into other people. He wants you to go out this week and be a blessing in the community so that we can love on people and see them raised up in God's glory. Amen? Don't limit yourself to your own ability. Let God get a hold of your life and believe for unusual miracles. That's what I actually want to pray over you this week, that you will see unusual occurrences in your life. You you look through the Bible and it says that Jesus came and there was a man that was dead or there was a man that was paralyzed and he's he's let down through a roof into a a great crowd of people and God says, I I forgive your sins and they they look at him and he he says, what's easier to say, Your, your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? He says, so that you know of the power of God, rise up and walk and it says that he stood up, took his bed and walked out. And the Bible actually says that 
They recorded it as we have seen unusual things today. What unusual thing could God do in your world if you just give him enough faith and belief? What job promotion that you really need? What, what breakthrough in, in health? What breakthrough in relationship? What breakthrough, because we all have dreams and desires. But we want it done neatly. We want the answers to come as a package. It should come like this, God. And if it comes like this, then I'll know it's you and that would be really cool. And God says, no, no, I don't do things that way. I do things outside of the box. I create things because I want to. I do things because I like to. Have you ever looked in the mirror? It's unusual. I love God. God loves you. But it's time, I, I feel like it's time that we step up into the God zone by faith. Go, God, what do you, I don't want to play, I don't want to play church. Because we, we come and we do a whole, I, I want to be used by God to change lives. Two weeks ago, I was preaching in, in uh, Kumara. 23 people gave their life to Christ. First time decisions. Never asked Jesus into their life before. And people got healed radically. See, God gave me a word. There's somebody here and you've got a pain in the bottom of your tongue. That's a weird word. Unusual word. But I gave it. Person came forward. Prayed for him. Pain's gone. I was in Ballina seven, eight, nine years ago and God said, don't even, don't even talk to the congregation. Don't even talk to the pastor you know, to say thank you for having me here today. It's, it's great to be with you. He said, give this word. And the word was, there is a man here that's tried, tried to commit suicide twice this month. Come forward. You've got chemical imbalance in your brain and I'm going to heal you. That's unusual. And I had no idea what God was going to do. I, he said, do it. And I said, no. He said, do it. And I said, no. I'm going to get up and I'm going to thank the pastor. And I'm going to say how good the music was. And I'm going to endear myself to the people. God said, don't do that. Because I want this meeting. I don't want it to be your meeting. So I said it. And a man stood up, back row, walked forward, held his hands out like this. Both wrists were bound. He tried to kill himself for the second time the day before. He is now the worship pastor in that church, 10 years on. God uses unusual means to achieve unusual outcomes. I was in Adelaide. Why don't we stand to our feet? And there was a couple there, and they asked me to prophesy over them. And the word was this. Together or apart, I'll use you. What I've started, I'll bring to completion, says the Lord. He was 23, she was 21. They had an 18-month-old baby. That's a really weird word. Together or apart, I'll use you. What you've started, I'll bring to completion, says the Lord. This is 17 years ago. I flew home to Sydney. Three days later, that guy died. But they had started building a youth center in Adelaide. She rang me and said, the only thing that stopped me committing suicide, the only thing that stopped that little 18-month-old being an orphan was your word. Together or apart, I'll use you. What I've started, I'll bring to completion, says the Lord. She went on to finish that youth center, and then she's now handed it over. But today, the thing that blesses me is there an 18-year-old girl that has a mother that loves her because of one unusual word from one unusual guy in one unusual situation. Can I encourage you this morning? God wants to use you. He's placed gifts on the inside of you. He's placed ability on the inside of you. Jeremiah says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. God knew you. Psalm 139 says that he created you. He formed you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. There is a word on the inside of you, an unusual word 
that's possibly going to be delivered in an unusual manner that is going to shift somebody's life, that is going to change somebody's world, that's going to bring transformation and lead them closer to Jesus Christ. Will you, will you step out in that? Can I ask you to step out in what God's placed on the inside of you, not to contain it, not to hold it back for you, but to release it upon our community and to release it wherever you find yourself? Because God uses those that step out. God uses the bold. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions. By nature, I hate standing in front of people and talking. True. But I have to do it. It's what I'm called to do. Some of you might say, well, it would be better if you didn't. But anyway, that's what I'm called to do. Why don't we just lift our hands and look away to God? I want to pray for the anointing of heaven to increase over each of our lives, that we will step out this week, that we will go and touch a life, that we will speak a word, that we'll be a blessing wherever we're found. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, for your word, it is truth and it brings life. God, that you would lead and guide each and every one of us this week. And God, that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear. That Father, that whatever you ask of us, we will do. And we will see lives transformed in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. I thank you that we are agents of change. That we are powerfully and powerfully unique in you. God, that you would use each and every one of us in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.